0: Hey everybody, you've reached the Mayfair podcast. I'm Eric.
1: And this is Josh. It is Tuesday, November 23rd, and we're in the Mayfair theater while
0: our pal Lee is directing his movie nearby. Yeah, but not going to be on the podcast. Andrew's not. Andrew's here, but not here, you know. so There's a bunch
1: of people here who
0: could be on the podcast. Mm-hmm. This would have been a star-studded affair, but it's not at all. <laughs> well, I, mean, no, I don't want to, you know, say, you know, we're, we're <laughs> stars in a way. Maybe we'll have a special
1: guest when Lee tries to come in to grab his coat or something. But it's so funny, even though we're in the same building, I just
0: texted him and said, we're starting the podcast, but feel free to interrupt if you need anything. We're all made of stars, too, if you really get down to the matter of the universe and whatnot. But that's a different podcast. You
1: just blew my mind. (laughs) Here, so we have an interesting turn of events here at the Mayfair. Uh Uh-oh. Haven't even chatted with Eric about this, so this will all be fresh to him, too. So I will report this neutrally like a journalist so you won't hear anger in my voice or frustration so we all know that disney has a long and complicated distribution system Mm -hmm. and anytime somebody asks us going back years hey you should play tron because the new tron's coming out or you should play the first toy story because toy story three or four is coming out and the reason we don't do that is because they have this vault system that goes back to the vhs days where they have this i don't know I don't understand it. I would love to sit down with one of the Disney people and say, okay, explain to me why this is a good business model. So that's why we can't show old Disney movies except for on rare occasion, like last year, where they let us play Empire Strikes Back and Muppet Christmas Carol. So, the holidays are on the horizon. We always play Die Hard. Lee was chatting with the distributors. It's so weird. (laughs) They, <laughs> it looks like you're going to cry a little bit there. <laughs> It's like you got choked up. They will let us play Die Hard okay. if we classify ourselves as a repertory cinema 100%. Mm. Meaning we can't play new films. And the new films from them are Fox, Disney, Lucasfilm, Pixar, mm-hmm. Fox Searchlight. So T- independent Touchstone? films.
0: Touchstone? Do they still have Touchstone? Technically, I don't even know.
1: If that's but So that's the weird thing on the main fair plate now. Is it worth throwing away all these new films that do very well for us in order to play Die Hard? Once. Once. Wow, I mean, going forward, I guess. Going forward. I think the answer is no. I think it's a sad turn of events. <laughs> Brutal. There are plenty of other cool, weird Christmas movies, whether that be Gremlins or Batman Returns or Kiss Kiss Bang Bang or horror films that could fill that slot. That's hot off the presses.
0: That happened yesterday. That's... Uh, it's really... So, wait a minute. So, like, by that rationale, no theater in Ottawa could play Die Hard. Yeah. my understanding. I don't, they're,
1: Unless I don't... they're being nicer to the multiplexes. If Die Hard shows up at a multiplex yeah. and we don't have it... I'm going to be really mad then.
0: Yeah, because I know they've done those fan favorite is yeah. you know, like like where they play like the Running Man or something like that. And it's actually usually around Christmas time, as I recall. I think it was just like a gimmick to get people to come in when it was cold kind of thing. Yeah. So I don't know if... Th- yeah, because that would be ridiculous. Clearly, they're not a repertory theater. But I don't understand, to debate club this, if I'm pretending to be
1: on Disney's side, if it was just for the television side of things, and they were like, look, you can't screen die hard because it's on disney plus and we really want to focus that as the only place you could see it because we want to make those subscription dollars i would begrudgingly go okay i hate that but i get it Mm -hmm. but this where they're like we'll let you play it but then you can't play any new stuff
0: ever again
1: i don't understand yeah that's
0: really because yeah that's like no marvel no star wars no take your pick
1: yeah and we don't play a ton of new stuff but if you look at God, the past five, ten years, we have played Toy Story 3 and 4 and Brave and all the Star Wars movies. Mm -hmm. And if you go to the Fox side of things, I know we've played the more recent Planet of the Apes and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. So I don't know. Maybe they'll switch their decision on this because there was one point in recent years where they said, you can only play our movie if you play it straight up twice a day, seven days a week. Mm -hmm. And we were like, well, we can't do that. And they backpedaled and were like, yeah, okay, fine.
0: Yeah, this is like the opposite of that in a like worse way. Like it yeah. did, they're just coming up with weird hoops to jump through or not jump through. And Die Hard does well for us for a couple of nights.
1: Right. But it wouldn't do well for us enough to screen it in the 7 and 9 o'clock slot
0: for seven days in a row. Yeah, and it also wouldn't do well enough to supersede playing any Disney property for the rest of the years ever.
1: Yeah, and I wrote a list (laughs) because I don't usually do research for this show, but I wrote a list just as an example. So these are Disney films of the last little while. Nomadland, Hmm. which we 100% would have played if not for lockdown. Eyes of Tammy Faye that we screened. The Last Duel we have right now. Spielberg's West Side Story coming up. Nightmare Alley from Guillermo del Toro. Ooh. Death in the Nile from Kenneth Branagh. And Taika Waititi, Jojo Rabbit was Fox. And his next film, which is a, a soccer film, is going to be Fox as well. So that's just a short list yeah. of some of the upcoming movies in the next six months or year that we would not be able to screen. And then kind of fun stuff like the Bob's Burgers movie, which we might <laughs> play. All, you I know? was actually going to say <laughs> that, but I was
0: like, that's kind of a weird, deep kind Kind of, of
1: weird, but you know, we play stuff like that sometimes. Yeah. And so... I'm sure you can understand our frustration and this horrible Sophie's choice to
0: make, but I think Die Hard loses in terms of... That's not a choice, to be honest. Like, I mean, as much fun... Like, it only sucks because Die Hard sells out basically every year. Yeah. And so, I mean, not to put it this way, but, I mean, Disney is essentially just taking that money away, but it's redistributed in a way because, like, it's... The other thing is, like, you can't even know what movies will be coming out. So you're basically saying ahead of time we will never make money off of any of these things in the future because we'll get to play diehard or maybe they'll throw us a star Wars bone or something like that. Like, I don't even like, because it's not like yeah. you're saying if you agree to this, you can get anything in our back catalog. at any exactly. time. Like yeah. that's not what I, my understanding is that's not what's being said. So it's not, this, this isn't really a choice at all for a, a running theater, you know, it's so weird.
1: And then when you look, when we get around to talking about this week's upcoming films, you can see that we have four retro films coming up, all from various studios, that we have no problem. Not even a argument, not difficult, easy to get. They're happy to let us screen it. They're happy to make a couple bucks off of us. Mm-hmm. So that's the most interesting thing in this endeavor, is that every other studio, Sony, Paramount, Warner Brothers, etc., we can get all their
0: movies. Yeah. We can get all their old movies. And how many rep theaters are even around anymore? Like, I'm sure Toronto has a few, but... Well,
1: that's the thing, too. So if they're saying you have to be a true rep theater, there's no such thing. Yeah. Because I know the Rio in Vancouver or the Bytown locally. You know, we know cinemas in Toronto and Kingston and Montreal. And they're like us, where they play old stuff and new as a mix. I don't think...
0: There's a theater in Canada that just screens old movies? Yeah, I don't think they'd survive. I don't think that's a thing. Yeah, no, and it, it depends how down to the letter you want to argue it. You know, they'll be playing older, new movies, but still within the last year. Yeah. So, so this whole thing is weird. Like, is it are they just putting it in a... Are They basically just, they don't want to say you can't have Die Hard, so they're just doing it in this way that is basically them saying you can't have Die Hard. Like,
1: and then do they care enough to look at their ratings for the Ottawa area and be like, oh, we didn't let Mayfair screen Die Hard and then ratings on Disney Plus in the city went up
0: 10%. (laughs) Are they keeping track of that? I highly doubt it. And I mean, it's also the richest studio at this point. So it's they kind of can just make the rules for themselves, I guess.
1: And there's no greater example of a company that produces so much that I love, Mm -hmm. whether it be... Star Wars movies, Marvel stuff, Muppets, that I'm so two faced with. We're mm. on one hand being like, oh, I loved Shang-Chi so much, and I'm so angry at you for not letting us play old movies.
0: Like, it's so weird. Yeah, and I mean, just as uh, Hawkeye is about to come out and now that soured you on your favorite Avenger. My favorite Avenger. (laughs) What a shame. I'm not saying that I burst
1: into tears during the Hawkeye trailer, but uh, kind of.
0: Yeah, and and plus uh, to have that be Christmas themed seems like an even more of a slap in the face. (laughs) Yeah, my favorite movie
1: TV subgenre, my favorite superhero right just in time for me to be sitting at home during the holidays watching an episode of Hawkeye while being furious that we can't screen Die Hard.
0: Yeah, and that's, and I mean, it's obviously, uh, that's, and that's all the Die Hards, you know, that's all the whatever, you name it, like anything, predators, aliens, all that, you know. But last year we did
1: very well with Gremlins, Mm -hmm. extremely well with It's a Wonderful Life, So there's plenty out there. There's plenty out there that I think can fill that slot. Yeah. Even if not the same, there's a sense of, oh, maybe that opens it up a little and we could play something else. I don't think it would do as well, but anything else from Shane Black. Like, I would love if Kiss Kiss Bang Bang would have the same draw (laughs) as Die Hard. Yeah. I don't think it would, but...
0: We'll see, but you, not, there'll still
1: be other cool things. But yeah. th- that—that's our update. That's why you may not see Die Hard on our schedule.
0: Yeah, I think that's worthy of a Facebook post as well, because you're gonna have a lot of angry people being like, "Why are you deliberately not playing Die Hard?" Yeah, you know? <laughs> you're like, I mean, if you really spell it out, like, it's not you know slagging Disney to just tell the truth.
1: That's what I said. I'm trying to just be like, "Here's what's happening," so there won't be any frowny faces. Even yeah. just the simplicity of, well, the distributor didn't make that movie available to us. So hopefully that might change in the future. Mm-hmm. But because even now, Facebook, which everyone loves Facebook, oh, yeah. <laughs> but they change their algorithm. So now people can, before I had to green light somebody being a member to be able to post on the Mayfair group, mm-hmm. they switch that. So now anybody can, but I still get to yay or nay them before it gets posted. Okay. So if it's a bot or some crazy anti-masker or something. <laughs> That won't get on there. But now just questions can just float on. And I got the first one, and it was somebody asking when tickets go on sale for Fright Night, which is always the frustrating question because it's always like when they're ready. You know, <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, yeah. like I saw that. It
0: did seem weird, it just looked different. That, yeah, that exactly. thing. I and mean, I was like, what? Why? What is this? Why is this random guy <laughs> getting to ask a question on our thread? Yeah, and I forgot about Fright Night even playing at all. So, I mean, it's not like I made it any better, but. And the question
1: is always 100% the same answer yeah. of we do not keep secrets of what is coming up. We don't know what our Christmas bookings are going to be. Especially not now. Especially not now. <laughs> I don't know why people would think we would keep that secret. They seem surprised by that often where mm-hmm. I say, oh, well, you'll know when we know and we get it online within a day or so. If you don't see a ticket available in the advanced ticket sections, that's because it's not ready to go yet and it will be soon. hmm but we only program from Friday to Thursday every week, which means sometimes it's late Monday night that that gets figured out. So the dominoes fall accordingly
0: after that. You can kind of guess if it's a horror movie, it'll probably be later on or exactly. if it's a, whatever, a drama, you know, a world drama. It might be the early show, you know, like you never know for sure. And we don't sell out. I'm always so
1: flattered that people think we sell out every night. We had a... Senior citizen lady come in in a panic, and she was like, "Whatever the movie was, was can I buy a ticket for tomorrow's matinee of the last duel?" And I said, "Well, only day of in the box office, but you can get them advance online." But she didn't want to buy advance online, and I was like, "Just come at two thirty for the three o'clock show. You'll be fine. Our matinees are sometime as little as
0: ten people. We're not going to sell out. You're cool." No, it's weird. Yeah, it is nice, but I mean, it's unless it's like uh, the Shining or. Well, I would have said Die Hard, but... Rocky I mean, Horror. Yeah, yeah, you know, those other good things. Like, well, not even The Room anymore. I don't know. I'm so out of touch yeah. <laughs> now. I don't know what's popular anymore.
1: So, yeah, so that's our Die Hard news. So stay tuned for other updates, but plenty of other cool
0: stuff on the horizon. More like hard luck news, really. Like, it's not it's not good, but, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing, like, what fills that void. Uh, yes. Like, you, you'll think it's... Well, you guys will think of we'll something. We'll think of something. yeah. And the good news is rentals
1: have gone through the roof, mm. which is very nice because without naming names on some of the movies, we've had a little bit of a rough go the last couple of weeks <laughs> with some very underattended films, which happens. Sometimes the staff will be like, oh my God, we're done. And you're like, no, kind of just, it. <laughs> it comes in waves, you know. And it's on the heels of Rocky Horror, which even though that was almost a month ago, we made six days worth of money in one day for Rocky Horror. So yeah. that kind of trickles along. But, you know, you just you just don't know. You do your best to program. You never program something. It's the same reason I come to the defense of filmmakers. No one ever makes a movie, unless it's like Sharknado, that yeah. you know is bad. Mm-hmm. You're all trying your best. You think it's going to go well. Sometimes it doesn't go so well. So these rentals are great for us. Because it's not a movie booking. We're not paying a distribution fee. Somebody comes in, they watch a movie, they play video games, they get married, whatever. Mm -hmm. And I think December is pretty much full on the weekends of people renting out the cinema for events, for birthdays, for Mm -hmm. Christmas parties. And that's just extracurricular money for us. It's funny. When I was a kid, I don't think the Mayfair did rentals. I think they were just like, nope, we're a
0: cinema. Hmm. That's kind of weird. And like, was there a time, could be imagining this, but was there a time where they didn't really open till like a six or seven o'clock show? Oh yeah. Well, the first few years that we were
1: here, we didn't have matinees during the week. Hmm. It was only, uh, yeah, like a 6.30 and a nine o'clock show. That's what I thought. When I was a kid or when I was in high school, it was matinees on Saturday, Sunday, but Monday through Friday would just be evening shows. And I don't think they really did rentals. I think... Box office back in the 90s and the 2000s were much better than they are now. Mm -hmm. So I think in the 90s, there was much more of the case of an average Wednesday night might have 150 people per show. Where for us nowadays, an average Wednesday night, if we're lucky, is 75 people per show, but is usually a bit less. And that kind of goes back to the good old days in the 30s or 40s when... Every single night at the cinema would be sold out.
0: Yeah, well, it was like an event, you know. The big fun, uh, you know, the lights and everything. And I'll say chandeliers. I don't know if there was a chandelier, (laughs) but I'm saying it. That comes crashing down like uh, that show that Sam was talking about. I retweeted a couple things off of the Hammer Horror
1: Twitter thread. They knew how to do movies back in the day because it was just the New York City, not like premiere, but the New York City first week of Frankenstein. And just they've got this giant display on the marquee and life-size cardboard cutouts outside and these big crazy text banners with the catchphrases and the slogans on it and it's just like that was just an average friday night can you imagine that here if we just had that out for like a screening of fright night with a giant oversized poster and spotlights and everything but
0: that'd be amazing and lee's jumping out at you from the bushes and stuff (laughs) not dressed as it's just unrelated (laughs) Man, I see that. Yeah, like I, I do kind of miss that stuff. Uh, even like we get elements of it with, uh, you know, well, geez, I was going to say standees, but we don't really get those anymore. I not guess. really. Which is smart, to be honest. That's not something I'd be pouring money into if I was the studios the last two years. But maybe once once we get back to a bit of uh standee normalcy, then we'll see. Well, that that's this my
1: other example recently where I commented, is this why movies cost $200 million? So we got a FedEx package which aren't cheap to send, Mm -hmm. in that package was one USB key with a trailer for a mainstream Hollywood blockbuster. So the powers that be put a USB key in a FedEx package and sent it to us. So I imagine they did that to every cinema Mm -hmm. without... Checking in, or just saying, "Oh, that's on YouTube. You guys can just steal it off of there."
0: Yeah. Or are you a rep theater? Or are, do you want you to screen this movie? Yeah. Was it even, at least like a fun USB, like a spider-man You know, I wish
1: something like. Yeah. If it well, if it had been like shaped like Spidey's head <laughs> he, or something, right. <laughs> but not even that fun. Just randomly stuck in. So hundreds of those went out to cinemas across Canada, and I'm like, "Well, that's an extra part of the budget that you didn't need to do because you could have." dropbox us that or something yeah, right. you know like it's, that's
0: what i thought the whole point of that the whatever thing well i don't even know what it's called, oh, but it called? like Cube? your secret box that yeah. it receives things
1: indie distributors are really good at that like that's the next step where i think we're going to blink and there really is going to be no such thing as getting a hard drive in the mail there's mm-hmm. no reason we can just download it and anyone who's afraid of piracy it's just like they've all got keys on it and they're giant files so yeah. it's, it's like not much you can do with it unless you you really make the effort it's just another example of people not thinking things through. It's like when we got six Space Jam 2 posters. It's like, well, thanks, Space Jam, but... Yeah.
0: Uh, this is five too many. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not to speak ill of Space Jam 2, but... No, uh, never. Not great.
1: <laughs> so let us take a quick break for oh. a word from our sponsor at My Green Lifestyle
0: and EnviroCenter. I was going to tell you that I remembered the name, but then you said it. And actually, I don't think it's what I thought it was. I know it's not my green initiative because I was listening to the last two podcasts. and I was like, yes. okay, I blew it. My green lifestyle yes. by the EnviroCenter. Correct. I, I nailed the EnviroCenter part. I'm really good at that. But And this is our fourth one, right? It is an initiative, it's, right? I'm taking the initiative <laughs> to try and learn the name, but not enough to actually research it well. Life happens. There's a lot going on. Okay, we'll be right back.
1: Our actions shape our world and our climate. Sometimes it can be hard to know where we fit into the bigger picture. What exactly do we need to do to address climate change? And how can we get involved in our daily lives? That's where EnviroCenter's My Green Lifestyle courses come in. Our courses equip you with the tools you need to take action on climate, whether it's how to reduce your carbon footprint or how to help your city and community meet its climate targets. A green lifestyle is about more than just living lightly, it's about building a better future. Visit our website today to enroll in our courses at mygreenlifestyle.ca.
0: Okay, we're back. Nailed it. I like that. My Green Lifestyle. I think I nailed that at that time. I did send them a couple
1: emails to say like, the podcast is up. It goes on at around 20 minutes is your ad. And mm-hmm. I did that for a few times and it- I said, I hope you don't mind us talking like idiots on either side of right. the ad.
0: I keep bringing it up throughout the podcast, actually. Like, yeah, which no, I was they like, were pleased. I hope they like that. Yeah, they were fine with it. Yeah.
1: I imagine if it was a more like not that the environment is not serious, but if it was like like a real heavy thing, it was like if it was like a food bank or yeah. something, you know? Oh God,
0: but, uh, I would feel bad. Like yeah, like the World Wildlife Fund or something. Yeah. And I'm just like yeah, those UNICEF. Those birds, you know, <laughs> but no, the environment. Well, no, Enviro Center loves birds too. I gotta assume like and animals. I'm basically not, not... Like, they're the Enviro Center. Come on. They love animals. I think that's on a shirt. It should be. I'm like, yeah. Love oh. sharks. Speaking of swag... It's, oh, here we go. Where's my
1: beanie? Look over your head there. This is not from our friends at the Enviro EnviroCenter. You hyped it up like
0: it was. No. There's a toque up there. Let me just grab it for realism. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, element. Love it. A local radio
1: station sponsored... Don't say its name oh yeah the indigenous horror film this is an indigenous themed radio station look at that and they were giving out toques and I was like oh I gotta grab one for Eric oh, because man. he's always talking
0: about swag I am and I, I like that it's element you know they don't need that extra E like yeah. I like it, it's E-L-M-N-T I'm, I'm, I like you don't you don't need three E's in there what kids you don't need vowels yeah come on we got the one I, I like this better because it's like catches your eye and you're like wow what's that so, about yeah. Huh? so there's a shout out to that nice radio like station that. who helped us present that film that's a comfortable toque actually I'm gonna try it on right now it actually, looks like
1: an expensive yeah. toque.
0: It oh, looks that's nice. it's that's
1: not like a dollar store toque.
0: No, I'm wearing it right now just so everyone you can tell. <laughs> yeah. Josh can vouch for it. But this is a comfortable toque. although it's actually too hot now that I'm gonna take it off. <laughs> yeah, but we're inside. No, that's a good toque. I'm not trying to like slag the Enviro Center for not sending me a beanie. <laughs> like that's totally cool. Man, I, I like it. I'm this. gonna send
1: the radio station an email saying you got a free plug on the podcast. And
0: and we still don't know who left the uh, dirty old Toronto Maple Leafs hat that's been in
1: here for That's weeks. a mystery. There's a Toronto Maple Leafs baseball cap. <laughs> I'm assuming someone got abducted by aliens and that fell off their head or Or something. the Enviro
0: Center is like, maybe he's a Leafs fan. We'll send this one hat. That's great. Loving the swag so far. More swag. Okay,
1: let us chat
0: about the film
1: starting on Friday, November 26th at the Mayfair Theatre. First up, our only new film of the week, speaking of this weird Disney fiasco, but... Our only new film of the week is called The Rescue. It's a new documentary from the makers of the Oscar-winning Free Solo. Mm, And it's a National Geographic-produced documentary. It's not about mountain climbing or Mm -hmm. extreme sports kind of thing. It's about a rescue, much like Free Solo. What I've read is, even if you know the outcome of the endeavor, it's still edge-of-your-seat, stressful, a plus movie watching that is our new film and free solo i knew the end because spoiler alert the main character from the movie was on the talk show circuit Mm -hmm. so i saw him on whatever colbert and daily show and stuff
0: like that nonetheless free solo was so stressful yeah (laughs) like so so stressful no it's too much and I like that you said. Did you say it's called *The Rescue*? The Rescue. And, and I like that you quantified that it was. It was like you're qualified to say that it's about a rescue. I yes. was Like okay, thank God, because I was afraid for a minute there. You were like, it's about you know helicopter games or something.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So then, quite a week for retro films. Just as it spaced out as a tribute to the late great Dean Stockwell, we have some screenings of *Paris, Texas*. Oh right, classic. I admit that, shamefully, it's a movie that I haven't seen, so I'm glad that we're screening it. Dean Stockwell, of course, all of us nerds know from Quantum Leap and from a few years later, Battlestar Galactica. Mm. He was in the original Dune. He was in Blue Velvet. And just a
0: character actor's character actor. I just saw Dune for the first time. Oh, wow. I I thought of you immediately because of how many times you've seen it. But I, I kind of forgot Dean Stockwell was in it. No offense.
1: This is a... Little indie film from Vim Vendors, who's really a cornerstone indie filmmaker. It won the Palm d'Or at Cannes Film Festival and the London Film Critics Film of the Year. And just one of those rarely seen on the big screen mm-hmm. kind of movies. Always bittersweet, nice to do a little tribute as we can when one of these heroes passes away. Did you say
0: them Vendors? vim vendors vim okay i thought you were being like really colloquial it's like (laughs) that's from them vendors you know they they sent it whoever they is
1: (laughs) then we have truly one of the classic classics the african queen oh
0: man wow there was even a vhs of this up for grabs at the front of the screen for a while i wonder if anyone grabbed that i gotta assume yes and this is humphrey bogart's oscar-winning
1: turn for such a famous actor this is his one oscar wow that's actually
0: kind of shocking and what's cool is
1: i love this i forgot about this he plays a gin swilling canadian riverboat oh, captain God. he's a canadian That's in amazing. It. and how,
0: how do you even know that he's canadian like like you know it
1: must i've seen the film not for a long time but it must come up i think almost like a real life kind of thing okay. where you know how they always say like oh you american if you're traveling and you go no i'm a canadian it might
0: be something like that in the context of the film. He's not like drinking maple syrup or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's, like, He's got like a small beaver that he carries around with him.
1: Yeah, he's got a Habs jersey on. <laughs> that
0: would be, he's got this old Maple Leafs hat here. <laughs>
1: like, yeah. Wow. I mean, talk about a classic. I love seeing movies like this on the big screen at the Mayfair. It just feels like time travel. Yeah. And we're just showing this to show it. I think it maybe just came up on the digital restoration catalog. Mm-hmm. Catherine and
0: Hepburn, right?
1: Yeah, Catherine Hepburn. Classic. She got a nomination for this, and it was also nominated for Best Director and Screenplay. It's
0: 98% on Rotten
1: Tomatoes. And I always love that. And I'm like, who doesn't like the African Queen? Well, it could have been a
0: Canadian <laughs> who's like, I don't believe that performance at <laughs> yeah, all. Yeah, yeah. He's not from there.
1: Whenever a movie's 98 or 99 on Rotten Tomatoes, I'm like, who's the one? Come on. <laughs> it, like... it could be anyone. Then our Clint Eastwood Film Festival rolls along with the Outlaw Josie Wales. Maybe the best Clint Eastwood poster. I love that
0: poster. Oh, yeah. It's a classic.
1: And it's just another one of these great Clint Eastwood, the horrors of the West kind of thing where... Mm his family gets killed, and he gets revenge. Yeah, The end. Yeah, I (laughs) I remember
0: watching this one when I was was like, it it could be the first Eastwood movie I saw, actually, because I remember my dad got the VHS, possibly I bought it for him just because I was like, oh, Western, my dad like that. I don't remember a ton about it, but I remember liking it. And even as a kid, you know, it was just like, you know, you're watching a serious movie and that it's like, you can tell it's good, even though you're still too kind of young for it.
1: Yeah, it's a really good Western, of course, a lot of Critics that I cut and pasted and put over onto our blurbs are like, five stars, the best Western ever. So it's easy to find good reviews for this one. This is,
0: I wonder how many Westerns he has that someone has said is the best Western ever. Probably like, every one, right? Yeah, right? Like, He must have a lot
1: of them. I have to say, as much as people don't like the Rotten Tomatoes age we're in, mm-hmm. it sure has made it easier for folks like me to find positive reviews to cut and paste onto websites or onto flyers. Mm-hmm because they're all there, yeah. and you might find a good review from Baltimore Magazine or a newspaper in San Diego, whereas before you would just be looking for Siskel and Ebert in the New York Times. So yeah. that's what makes it nice. It is easier to find a bunch of really positive reviews for every movie. <laughs> the Josh Times
0: gives it five <laughs> stars. It's like, I don't I don't know if these are real. <laughs> yeah. Then this week we have Fright Night. Oh, nice. Oh, that one person is going to be really excited. Going to be thrilled. That sounds like faint praise, but no, like, I think this will do pretty well. So Fright Night was 1985.
1: I always remember this movie because by the age of nine or ten, I was seeing horror movies. I remember watching, you know, whether it's Psycho or Monster Squad, that kind of stuff. Cruiser Black Lagoon, the Universal Mm -hmm. movies. So Fright Night is rated, I think, 14A. And my dad knew I was fine. I could handle it. So he tried to bring me to see it. But the rule at the time with the ratings was maybe it was rated 18A at the time. Anyhow, they wouldn't let us in. And my dad was like, but I'm his dad. Isn't that okay? And they're like, sorry, we can't. And that is the number one reason why I think ratings are stupid. Yeah, Like, if a parent is bringing a kid to a monster movie that they know they're fine with, that the kid has watched monster movies, and that worst case scenario, the kid freaks out halfway through, they leave and Mm -hmm. it's on the parent. It's not on the cinema. They put up a warning. So I always remember that. That's the movie that my dad got mad at the... Poor clerk,
0: because they wouldn't let us in to watch it. It's not even a bad, scary movie. I'm trying to think of, like, you know, scarring moments from it, and I don't know. Yeah, on a sliding scale, it's not
1: like a David Cronenberg thing or Texas Chainsaw. Or... Yeah,
0: like Day of the Dead came out that same year, and, like, that I, I could maybe see, because it's yeah. pretty gruesome, but, man. Yeah,
1: Friday it has some stuff in it, but really it's like... It's a vampire movie, right? So there's
0: there's some biting and some scary makeup. Yeah, spooky eyes and what, you know? Like, come on.
1: I almost think maybe it was more had a rating because there might be like a topless lady in it.
0: Yeah, and and a couple swears,
1: I guess. That'd be funny if I didn't get in because of a topless lady and two swear words versus the violence. That's why they wouldn't let a... 10 year old to see the movie
0: yeah that's weird because you would think it it had to be a hard r for them to refuse you know because it was like yeah like or like nc-17 which it obviously wasn't but that's that is very strange
1: 18a okay so it's 18a which means that's why i couldn't get into it but even at the time you see stuff that's rated 18a in the 80s versus now and you're like wow that's when did when did you get to see
0: it then Do you remember? Probably on
1: VHS whenever it came out six or nine months later. Yeah,
0: because it would have been probably pretty recent afterwards. Yeah. Well, that's... I mean, at least it hyped it up a little more for you.
1: Yeah. So that aside, Mm -hmm. I really love this movie. It's such a great simple horror tale of kid in suburbia, suspicious that his next door neighbor is bad. So take out the horror quotient or the fantastical quotient and say, thinks his next door neighbor is a serial killer or something.
0: Yeah, kind of rear window-ish
1: a little bit. Yeah. And then he gets for help the Elvira-esque, Vincent Price-esque host of the Bad Midnight movies to come and help him out, played by the great Roddy McDowell. And that's the movie. It's a, a teenager and a washed-up horror actor fighting a vampire. It's really
0: good. It's a really well-done movie yeah and it's like is it a vampire we don't know i mean they kind of leave it up. exactly yeah. it's a bit of a miss. i mean obviously it's not a mystery now but right <laughs> <laughs> like it's not really much of a mystery in the movie either you wouldn't have much of a movie i think otherwise but yeah, yeah. classic
1: and then finally this week not a mayfair presentation per se but it's that time of year again. Oh no, for the Polar Express! I just I saw this
0: uh, on my way here on the Facebook thing. I was like, I was ready to grill really you about how excited you must be. <laughs> yeah, not one but two screenings. Two screenings.
1: <laughs> it's so funny because I can't imagine this is a spoiler, but deep fake mm-hmm. digital technology is in the news, whether it be because of Luke Skywalker on Mandalorian or just how much better it's gotten. You look at. X-Men The Last Stand, not a film I'm a fan of. They youngify Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen in that movie. Mm. And it's it's a train wreck. It doesn't look good. And then you cut to now and just every time they do it, it gets better and better and better. Yeah. And if there is a movie that I would be all okay with a special edition of, it's Polar Express. Yeah. Because a bunch of digital artists, a bunch of animators going in and just fixing the faces and the eyes in this movie, <laughs> it would change everything. Yeah. And still be animated, still that sense of wonder and the train and the musical numbers and Santa and all that, but just not the uh, cold dead eyes of
0: Tom Hanks looking at you. Yeah, but then all the kids who love it as is would be weirded out maybe to have it be too real. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm never going to watch it, but I, I got to I think the people who watch it every year are maybe used to it or maybe even like that. I don't,
1: I don't know. I've never taken a picture because that would be too weird, but every year there's a kid crying who leaves the cinema terrified Mm -hmm. at the scary digital monsters on screen. And I just want to take a picture of that and make that like the Christmas card. Like, Merry Christmas from your friends at the Polar Express.
0: Yeah, and it's, uh, you know, I mean, maybe maybe you'll get lucky someday and the studio won't let us have it anymore and you can pretend that you're sad.
1: I was saying, this is a movie (laughs) that I wish was Disney instead of Warner Brothers because then we would have an excuse and they could show any, they could <laughs> anything show else. anything else instead.
0: Yeah, it's a, like Santa Claus the movie or something.
1: Santa Claus the movie, uh, they they couldn't show Home Alone. No. They could show Christmas Story. There's plenty of other, they, <laughs> they, they could show uh, Black Christmas. Oh yeah,
0: that'd be great for the kids. Yeah. Get them started young.
1: But you know, all of our teasing that we never stop aside, it's always a big event. For it's, sure. Because it's free, people love free. A lot of people come out, there's a free popcorn and drink for everyone who attends. They collect money for the food bank, so that's a good deed. Mm-hmm. And they missed last year because of the COVID stuff. So yeah. I'm sure they'll be excited to come back to do that. It's it's a fun tradition.
0: They did sugar cookies the one year or two. That was oh, awesome. Yeah. They were good, too. They let me have one. I was, <laughs> I was like pretty surprised, but I obviously took it and devoured it in about two seconds. And I'm curious how packed it will be because traditionally
1: it's two sold-out shows. Yeah, And there's no tickets for sale. It's just first-come, 1st first serve. But traditionally, Rocky Horror is sold out and that was about two hundred a show. If it breaks that, that will be the biggest crowd we've had in here since
0: March twenty twenty. Yeah, and it always seems like there's always like a couple of usual suspects that come in just for the free shows, which yeah. is fine, you know, not, no judgment, but it's just <laughs> funny because it reminds me on the on the Simpsons when they're like, Oh, we finally got air conditioning. We're seeing students <laughs> we haven't seen in years. Like that's exactly. what it makes me think of. So but you know, we'll see some of our pals show up. We love to support your cinema by coming in and seeing a free movie and getting free popcorn and a free drink. Well, and it usually comes with them being like, "Ah, oh, I used to come here when I was a kid, and like I came this and that, and I just like you know you can come other times, like you yeah, can come, yeah, you know, really anytime, but it's that's fine."
1: Oh, we posted recently. You can still find it on our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. A photo from 1927. Mm-hmm. It must have been taken from like a. Yeah, I didn't even think about that till right now. It yeah. must have been taken from an airplane, a Henry, small airplane yeah. or something. And it's a shot kind of facing, like, southwest. So you see what is now Lansdowne Park and the canal. And you see the church that is still there. And you see the trees that are now the Mayfair. And the amount of green space is crazy. Mm-hmm. And it's five years before the Mayfair opened. But check that out online. That's a pretty cool photo that got dug up recently.
0: I need someone to circle where the Mayfair is supposed to be. Because I was looking at it and I was like, I'm just going to pretend that I see it like everyone else does. Well, it's like the water. Yeah. Look up from the water. You'll see a church. Okay.
1: That's that church that's down the street. All right. So just imagine it would be a block away from that
0: makes sense but all that's there is trees i thought i saw the bridge but then i was like I, am i just telling myself i see oh, no, the bridge yeah the bridge is there okay yeah.
1: same mayfair bridge over the canal the bank street bridge that's still there yeah it's still it was it's
0: a fun photo to look at even if you can't quite figure out where the mayfair is but and now there's
1: like a big football stadium and a high-rise building and all that stuff there, yeah so
0: yeah it's a little different now
1: little different <laughs> slightly okay let us wrap things up for the week thanks for listening everybody you can find updates at Mayfairtheatre.ca and on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I can hear Lee filming in the candy bar next door right now. So if yeah. you hear a little murmur, that's the movie magic happening next door.
0: He's delighted like a child. He's in his <laughs> yeah. element there. His element FM, if you will. Oh. 95.7. Thanks again for listening, everybody.
1: And we'll see you next week on the Mayfair Theatre Podcast. Bye.
0: Bye. Oh, I forgot to mention it's our friend Neil Breen's birthday today. Happy birthday, Neil. Yeah, one of the greatest living filmmakers of our time. True. What would you do if you
1: accidentally
0: discovered the house next door was occupied by something not human? Something horrifying. Something unspeakably evil. No one believes you. Mom, I didn't have a nightmare. Not your mom. They did kill
1: a girl over there. Not your girlfriend. Charlie, is this some sort of a trick to get me back? Not even the police. Look, I know it's crazy, I know that, but look, lieutenant! It knows that you know.
0: You'll do anything to protect yourself. But it will do anything to protect its secret. Fright Night. If you love being scared, this could be the night of your life.